Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to our mini-sode. This is Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this month, our mini-sodes are book versus movie, worst renditions. Like the worst things we could find ever. And I, I have a, I don't know if I told you this. I came up with a reason. April showers bring May flowers. So maybe if we complain enough about how terrible they did on books we loved, they'll do better on our next one. Oh, is that the thought here? Uh-huh. I'm going to put it out okay, in the like universe. It. Optimism. Yeah. Yep. It's probably gonna not going to work because as far as I know, directors don't hire book slappers, which if they ever do, I would really like to join because all you do, you hold the book and every time they come up with a stupid idea that has nothing to do with the book, you smack them upside the head. So I'm just going to jump right in. So I did Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. It's probably one of like my favorite books. I I think I might actually put it in top five. Um, the book itself is super good, and the audio, if you guys are into audiobooks, Rachel, I know you freaking love a good audiobook, um, you should totally check this one out. Will Wheaton does the narration on it, and I'm a sucker for almost all of his narrations. I think I've said this before. So he recently redid The Martian, and he did not a very good job of The Martian. So now I'm a little displeased with Will Wheaton, but his rendition no, of Ready not Player Will One. Yeah, I know. He did not do good in The Martian, and so I feel bad for anyone who listens to The Martian from here on out, because how it was before was so much better. But his rendition... Well, you can't win them all. Yeah. He does a great job in Ready Player One, though, so I highly recommend it as an audiobook. I've listened to it multiple times. I think I've only read the book once, but uh, I think for what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to kind of give you guys like the synopsis of the book super quick. I'm actually going to keep this to a mini-sode this time. And then I'm just going <laughs> to tell you about, I know, we'll see if I manage. Then I'm just going to tell you about how they completely fucked this book. <laughs> Ready Player One is set in 2045 in a dystopian future. I can't remember exactly why, but basically the world is completely fucked and like people live in trailer parks but it's trailers stacked on top of trailers on top of trailers on top of trailers on top of trailers called the stacks and it goes like 10 high wow like this is like where people live um and the world itself is just basically trash but there's this company and they came out with this virtual reality place called the oasis and they made it kind of like open source so they made it's free for anybody to join the oasis you just need uh like the little hand glovey bits and the vr glass thing glasses goggle thingies uh but if you're a student in like k through 12 you get them for free from school because all oh, schools yeah. yeah all schools are held in the oasis so you don't go to real people's school anymore so the book follows this kid named Wade Watts. And so when he was born, his dad was like super into like uh, superheroes and basically wanted him to be one like Peter Parker, how everybody has like whatever that's called, where you have the first letter for your, the same letter for your first name and your last name. I don't remember what the hell it's called, but. Alliteration? Yeah, there you go. A lot of superheroes have alliteration names. So it's Wade Watts. Correct. 
Um, and he is super poor. He lives with his aunt because I think his parents, his parents are dead. Um, and he lives with his aunt in one of the stacks. And the only reason his aunt lets him live with him is because she gets additional money from the government every month. But she mm-hmm. doesn't like use any of them. So he has this kind of like hideout and this like, yeah, he has this like hideout in this like band that he goes and that's where he pretty much does like he goes to school and uh, he goes to the Oasis and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the uh, creator of the Oasis, Halliday, he dies. And when he dies, this whole thing gets posted up. And he has basically made, like, one final hurrah. And he wants as people to, somebody to find his Easter egg. And so everyone is on the hunt for Halliday's egg. And if you find the egg, then you inherit all everything. You inherit his company, like, all the monies, everything. So people are spending, like, years it's and like years. Willy Wonka. Yeah, kind of, actually. Make it to the end. Yeah, then, yeah, you get it. It's yours now. Um, so people are spending years trying to find it, and when we start, uh, when the book starts, nobody has found the first key. So how it works is you have to find three keys, and each key opens a gate. So when you open, so the first key is the copper key. So you get the copper key, and then you open the gate, and then you get the clue that gives you, that takes you on to the jade key, which is the second key. And it follows oh. that way. So nobody has found it at this point in time. Um, but pretty much, but I mean, that's what like everybody does. And then there is this company called um, Innovative Online Industries or IOI. And they want to win it because they want to basically monetize the Oasis. They don't want people to be able to get in for free anymore. They want to charge for everything. And they call everybody who is who works for them, who is in the Oasis looking for Halliday's egg, are called Sixers because their ID number, instead of a name, because you can pick whatever name you want in the Oasis, uh, their name starts with the six. So everybody calls them the Sixers. Um, And then there's also like... Interesting. Yeah. Then there's clans. People kind of work together to figure out stuff and they have like plans. And then there's solo people and they're called Gunters. And that's basically, you're like, yeah, no, I'm not going to work with anyone. Like, no, this is all me. It, you guys are cheating. Kind Lone of working together. It. And so, basically, yeah, like I said, everyone is just spending forever trying to do this. And then Wade ends up finding the first key. And so, I don't want to give, like, a ton away of how, because I think if you were to actually, like, listen to the book or read the book even, like, you get a lot from it from the key and you kind of like build up um also this would be a really great one since everyone a lot of people are in quarantine right now i highly recommend reading or listening to the book but not watching the movie but if you don't like to read or listen to books watch the movie but never read the book doesn't never read it ignore the book because i think the movie i know i'm kind of jumping this throwing this right here in the middle here but i just thought of it I think the movie could be good if you had never read the book. You might actually like it. That's fair. So back to the book. Um, yeah. So he gets the first one and his name in, uh, in Oasis is Parcel. And so he figures out the first key. And I don't remember exactly what it is that he gets the first key. But to get into the gate, he has to like win a game of Joust which is like some 80s arcade game. Because basically, so Halliday loved the 80s. So there are one bajillion trillion references to the 80s in here. I got about maybe like a third gotcha. of them. But so like if that's something that you love, maybe. like 
you'll freaking pee your pants laughing. Like there are some funny freaking points about this that I'll have to do that. I've heard that about this book. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And you don't actually have to know that much about the eighties and you'll still get some of the references, which is like how like, like the super common references. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's some that are super deep that you're like, sure. Okay. So he uh, gets the first key and his character Parcival in the Oasis becomes super freaking famous and he gets sponsorship and they're like oh my gosh we want to use your avatar to sell these products and so he gets all this money from it and he uses that money to move out of his out his aunt's house and he moves into a part an apartment under a new name um and so the whole time ioi is still trying to figure out how to do this so he gets it and then um this character called artemis gets it who he's had a crush on her for like a bajillion years he is pretty sure she's actually a woman in real life doesn't really know because literally only knows her avatar only like 80 percent sure yeah and then he has his friend and his friend's name is h and he uh h's avatar is a boy and they go to different schools but they hang out in like these like little chat rooms and you can like make your chat room all cool and however the heck you want it since all virtual and stuff but after your uh, Wade gets like the key, lock-in. yeah, kind of actually, yeah, how you can like make it however you want. Yeah. So, yeah, so Wade gets the key, Artemis gets the key, and then H figures it out just because based off like how how much he knows about Wade, uh, he kind of deduces where the key would have to be, since Wade is super poor and it costs money to go to other worlds in the Oasis. So he's like, okay, you don't really have a whole lot of money, so it kind of limits where you could go. So H fixes it out, and then the next, like, ten people on the list are Sixers, pretty much. But then Wade spends the next six months trying to figure out what the code that he got at the gate means. And, like, in these, like, six months, he's kind of also just, like, super-duper crushing on Artemis the whole time. Also, Artemis has a three instead of the E. You know, she's super cool like that. Classy. Internet stuff. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Speak. So dope. Totally understand what the children are talking about. Um, He basically spends, like, the six months because, like, he kind of starts talking to Artemis because, like, when they were – he – she figured out where the key was first. She just didn't beat the challenge first. He did. Mm. Um, and so they kind of had started talking for that. And he basically spends like six months just like falling for her while she's actually trying to figure out what the code means. And so she figures it out before Classic. him. Yeah. So she figures it out before him and she like breaks off their relation. Not that they didn't have like a real relationship, but was like, yeah, I have like better things to do than like have you like fawn over me forever go away and he gets all butthurt and then she figures it out and he's like oh, i'm gonna totally figure it out too he finally does classic but yeah so he figures it out and then for the third one um they kind of actually do have to sort of start a work as a team a little bit to kind of play off ideas and figure stuff out. Because basically at some point it comes up to the thing where they're like, it's more important. Like, it's not necessarily important that I'm the one who wins. It's more important that one of us beats it so the IOI doesn't win it. So they kind of, um, yeah, so they kind of team up together a little bit in that. And then, sorry, I wrote a bunch of notes because it's been a little while. I literally only seen the movie one time because it was such a, dumpster fire that i refused to watch it again for this so i kind of had to take notes from my memory here mm-hmm. and then so just a couple 
random little things that will matter more once we get to the movie explaining part. So at some mm-hmm. point in time in the book, Wade decides that the way, the best way to take down IOI is to do it from within. So he had made this fake identity and he joins the loyalty center of IOI, which is the indentured employee induction center. Basically you become an employee with IOI and you're supposed to be like, I think you like borrow money from them or something to become an employee instead of getting paid. And you, Mm. and they have it set up that you basically never come ahead again. Like you're always indebted to them and you have to like live on this, like they're like campus in this like little teeny tiny room that has like a bed and a desk and a camera watching you at all times. Um, so he decides to do that. Yeah. It's super creepy. A part of the book that's kind of important is that Halliday's, um, the partner that he had started the Oasis with is this guy. His last name is um, Marrow. I think Marrow. I think it's Marrow. Mm. And they had been super. They had been like friends when they were kids, and they have this whole relationship. And Halliday's kind of a fucking weirdo. I think he's probably on the spectrum, but he's just an Ako Taco. Um, and he ends up falling for this woman named Kira, but he's such an Ako Taco that he can't like tell her, and so she ends up marrying. Maro and so they kind of have this falling out and by the time he's died Maro is like because like they do interviews and he's like I haven't talked to him in years like and then it's like they find out somebody was like well you guys did talk and he was like yeah like a few weeks before he died he like reached out and asked me a really random thing and I talked to him about it and then like that was it it didn't seem important like that doesn't really count as talking so but yeah either way the I know I did like a super duper brief explanation of the book, and if we ever had a topic where I would cover this book, I would go nine thousand times more into detail because, like I, I said, that. it's honestly probably top five, one of my favorite books, one of the number one books that I recommend to people because it's just so fun. Um, but they completely destroyed the movie. It was Steven Spielberg. I'll throw him under the bus where he belongs because he did a terrible job. So, in the movie, it, uh, so the book kind of does a little bit of, like, Wade's life in the real world, and the movie doesn't, which, like, fine, whatever, we don't need to jump into that part, but the biggest annoyance is that they completely changed all three of the challenges to get the keys. They also got Damn rid of, it. They also got rid of the gates. So, like, you don't get to see the joust game. And, like, I could have gotten by without the gates because it does add this whole additional layer. But they completely change it. So, instead of, like, the first – to get the first key, um, I don't actually remember exactly what they have to do to get the first key in the book. But in the movie, it's – they have to, like, win this giant, like – Oh, in the oh, that's right. In the book, they basically have to play this like random D and D game type thing, and like win or not die or something. But in the movie, it's this giant race, and nobody's ever won it, and the race always restarts at random parts. And so, like hmm. that's where it starts. It's this giant race scene, and uh, Wade isn't a solo gunter. He is like teamed up with H and Artemis like already. Like he already has, or I guess maybe not Artemis yet. There's these two uh, Japanese characters in the book, or uh, avatars, I guess, um, that people assume gotcha. are brothers. And 
so like they've all already teamed up in the movie which is not at all like it's not until the very very end of the book when they kind of actually start working together because they're all Mm -hmm. like yeah no we're all solo like fuck right off um but yeah so it's this giant race which is just i mean like sure it looks cool but it's dumb because it's not right and then to get the second key so they don't have to figure out the clue or maybe they do oh they do have to figure out the clue so in the book how they have how holiday also set it up is that every single part of his life is dictated in um these like online book type things called the um oh shush what's it called the um something almanac hold on oh anorak's almanac because that was holiday's character oh, I was that was anorak is what his character's name so it's anorak's almanac and it basically has like every single thing it has what his favorite movies were what his favorite so like if you're a true gunter you know every single thing about him you have watched all of his favorite movies nine bajillion times you've watched the movies he didn't even like very much a few times just in case it had something to do with figuring out finding his egg so in to get the second key in the book they have to relate signs from one of his favorite movies which is war games and i think you can mm. get like three strikes and you're wrong and they do a great job of it but in the movie you have they have to like go into like some variation of the shining and save kira who they renamed karen who is the mm. girl that halliday's in love with but his best friend married but you don't know that really because the movie basically yeah and the movie basically completely gets rid of uh halliday and meryl's relationship like you don't like you knew that they were friends and they like created the company but that's oh. kind of all you really know like you you miss so much of the backstory of why kira matters so that's just kind of annoying that'll be annoying yeah and so since they get rid of that relationship you kind of like lose the relevance of who kira like what who, what she means to halliday and stuff like that that's fair and then in the movie it's artemis who goes to become or who tries to get in with ioi to like take him down from the inside and she has to like in like the final not, it's not like a battle scene but the whole scene where they're coming up to get the final key because it's kind of neck and neck she has to be a sixer because basically what how the movie portrays mm-hmm. ioi and i can't remember if this is accurate in the book or not is that they just keep like if you die they just bring a whole nother person in and they just like dump you right back where the other person was because they have people like taking notes of everything that people did and oh, what got them through and what killed them and stuff um and then the last annoyance which is it's a smaller thing because like so the biggest ones is that every single every single one for cha- how to get the key into the gate is completely different it's stupid it literally should be like loosely based on the generic idea of ready player one we use the same names like there's one guy who's named irock who is like hangs out in h's like basement hangout virtual basement that nobody knows who he is they're like who the fuck is this weird ass guy he just shows awesome. up and he's kind of a douchebag and then in the movie they're like yeah this is irock he's a hired gun for the ioi and you're like what no, he wasn't. Why don't you just make up a new person? That's stupid. You're an idiot. But at the end of the book, like the final line is like this totally like I'm not gonna say it because I don't wanna like potentially ruin anything for everybody who's gonna go read and listen to this book because it's amazing. We appreciate that. But it is like you're just like Psh, oh my gosh, it's so strong. And then the movie is just like blah blah blah. The end. Like 
it's dumb and it's lame. lame yeah so the book literally gets a five out of five the movie gets a one and a half because oh that's rough yeah because like the scenes are like done well and it's like very like cinematically nice but it's complete trash it doesn't it very barely follow like there are three keys to find Halliday's egg and people do live Mm -hmm. in stacks and the oasis is a thing and that's about it so wow yeah You've told me about this book a lot, but I don't think I've gotten this many details before. Yeah. I think I can really understand why the movie just didn't hold up now. Yeah, and why I get so angry about it every time. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. It seems like they changed a lot of like important stuff. Yeah. And then but- some stuff that was like unnecessary to change. Yeah, and I always hate any movie that changes like the stupid unnecessary things. Like when like in the book, one character says a line... Most. And then you're in the movie and it's a different character says the line, but the original character is standing right there. Like, and you're why? Yeah, and you're like, she's right there. Why couldn't she say the line? I don't understand. <sighs> I feel oh. you. Yeah. So all those little ones annoy me. But anyways, if you guys have read Ready Player One and you also hate that movie, reach out. Let me know. We can reminisce. Or if you liked it. Together. That's true. If you liked it. That's fine. Give me some feels. That's all right. You can, you're allowed to be wrong. That's okay. <laughs> I'll forgive you. You'll forgive her this time. This time. Don't ever do this again to me. Never so, again. Yeah, we can't be friends. But hit us up on the socials. It's Net Past Your Bedtime on Insta and IIPYB underscore pod. Definitely forgot about that for a half second. It's been a long week. Nailed it. Thanks, everyone, and be sure to come back in a fortnight so Rachel can tell you about the movie that completely ruined her book, because this is the worst editions. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.